Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And I've got a really exciting show today. I'm really excited about this. I think this is just so special because this is something the community has been waiting for for a very, very long time. And this is our first ever male Thriver show. And I have Scott here today and Scott's going to be sharing his story with us and his journey. So Scott, thank you so much for coming on. No, look, thank you very much, Mel. Uh, I appreciate being able to, to come on and share my story with the, with the community. Well, it's fantastic, and it's great you're leading the way for the fellas because, <laughs> yeah, because quite a few guys have um, put their hands up when we put out a request to the community, and quite a few men are going to come on, but you're number one, which is just really, really special. But, Scott, I wanted to talk to you about... Because, you know, you're, you're a guy and you understand how men think and why do you think, you know, the, the thing is in our NARP community, one fifth of all the people that are working the NARP program and involved in the community are men, but yet men haven't come forward willingly. So Scott, as a guy, why do you think this is? Look, there's, there's many reasons why uh, I suppose that a lot of men don't don't come forward because um you know they they feel a lot of shame and, and embarrassment that that they're in this situation or, or don't even understand that from that perspective of um really what's going on um are they being you know overly sensitive you know which is which is obviously a, a term that's that's often used um you know towards men um and yeah it's it's just then they're not quite sure you know to to talk to your friends are, are you just you know complaining or is there some you know depth to 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 the abuse that they've suffered i think traditionally too a lot of men have really been taught and conditioned to just deal with it and not so much share and and look for help for, for sure look i i totally agree um it's it's that perspective of um you know it's just you know putting up with it you know you've just got to get on with it and and uh you know and that's that's the element where it's just like you know there's there's a real problem out there where you know men don't speak up about what what's going on and, and look it's it's a conditioning from you know their childhood and society that you know that they should be strong and you know men don't cry mm-hmm. and these sort of aspects but you know the the pain that that men feel you know it's it's very real and uh, it's yeah. it's something that um you know sharing that with with other people um you know especially when they're not quite sure what's going on um can be a difficult task mm, and i think the thing is traditionally people think of women being abused you know not, yes and and you guys are up against that yeah and uh yeah it's it's like even in these um 
you know scenarios as as, as well is that um yeah as you say it's very prevalent in in the in the society with with women and certainly you know there are a lot of you know male abusers out there um and in this sort of field where you have narcissistic sort of people um they can turn they actually turn it on you know on on the actual men as well that mm. um um, that it's actually them that are actually being the abusers, not actually the other way around. So, um, Definitely. yeah. Well, I mean, even male narcissists can be very good at that. So I can only, well, I know, I know through the community, you know, how many yeah. women have been able to pull that off really quite effectively as narcissists until men do empower. So, Scott, tell the community about your story. Well... You know, I, I come to realise, you know, it's it's totally all about narcissistic supply, you know, without a scrap of doubt. From, from what I've seen, heard, you know, and witnessed, you know, it's hard to believe, you know, for the common person. Um, however, I can guarantee the most, if not all, of the listeners today will connect with what I'm about to share with you all. Um, when I was 27, I, I met my ex-NARC at a, a weekly Reiki group back in uh, August 2002. She was six years older than me, came across as a very you know, bubbly, vibrant person with lots of energy and quite fun to be around. Um, within three weeks uh, after we started dating, she fell pregnant, and less than 35 weeks later, our, our son was born. Um, so it was a bit of a pressure cooker, you know, to say the least, for, for any... I suppose normal relationship and, and normal couple. Um, yeah, so a couple of months into our relationship, um, my sister, she was aged 25 at the time, uh, and she was motivated by the fact that she wanted to protect her, her two-year-old uh, daughter, revealed to me that her stepfather had sexually molested her um, at a younger age, you know, of, of 9 to 14. And at the time, a mother and stepfather away for, for 10 weeks travelling around Australia and about to return home. As you can imagine, if something as devastating as this to happen to, you know, your own family unit, you would expect the full support of your partner. Um, however, my ex-partner expressed that she was more important and uh, she needed um, me to support her more, uh, given that she was pregnant with, with my child, rather than to assisting my sister, you know, who lived almost two hours away and and certainly through that very, very trying emotional time, you know, of, of needing, you know, the extra support of um, of her brother. Um, you know, and then again later, months later, I'd been contacted, you know, by my estranged father who wanted to sort of catch up. And again, you know, she'd laid on the, the guilt trip, uh, such a guilt trip that I'd, you know, abandoned catching up and, you know, and then I ended up presenting her for it. But, you know, it was again this need for her to be the, the, the centre of, you know, centre of the tension and the focal point of, of my existence from, from that perspective. I think that's, um, it's, it's just a very effective tactic that a narcissist can use, can't it? If they have a valid, quote, unquote, excuse. So, you know, her using pregnancy was something she could throw around and try and use. No, look, you're you're exactly right, and it's the whole. It's almost like a one-upmanship where, you know, you'd bring you'd bring a problem to. Uh, I'd bring a problem to my my partner, and yet she would have a problem <laughs> ten times as big as my, as, as my you know yeah. problem or, or issue, and um, you know, which which left 
you know, very left me very disempowered from that perspective, where nothing actually used to get resolved, and it was actually more of a trouble to actually try and talk about whatever issues there were than to actually deal with them. And I think too, you know, I, the, the men that I've worked with as clients on the NARP, a lot of them have been the type of guys where they really want to do the right thing by their partner. They really want to support, they really, I mean, I know women do too. They want to help out, they, they want her to be happy, but it's a bottomless pit. Yeah. Nothing no, we'll look, ever look, do will be good enough. No, that's, that's exactly right. You know, and then it leaves you absolutely, you know, exhausted. You know, absolutely mm. exhausted. Mm. And I think the women would totally relate to that as well with male narcissists. It's just enough is never enough. It just isn't. Yeah. Like from from that perspective, like during the early early stages of our relationship, um, you know, I went to to counselling, you know, myself to to deal with my sort of early early childhood stuff you know family of origin and uh, and also we both went to, to individuals and, and coupling couples counseling as well um, mm. and did you try any other things to try and work for the relationship yeah look it was mostly um, you know I think we had you know a dozen counseling you know sessions to you know to, to try and uh, you know work things out and from my own perspective um, you know, I tried sort of different methods of healing, such as theta and radical forgiveness. Um, you know, just just to name a name a couple. But um, you know, it was interesting. It's like from from trying all those things and even going to couples counselling. You know, there came a point. You know, two to three years into our relationship. You know, where where she abandoned the couples counselling altogether. You know, citing that the counsellor was taking. You know, all. all you know, my way, she was siding with me rather than, you know, her, which, you know, to be honest, don't know what those points were. I, I think it was just all, um, you know, for her to avoid the situation. Mm-hmm. And of course, too, you know, everything's about paranoia and personalising, so, you know, that's... Oh, for sure, just to, just even even on that, you know, from a paranoia, you know, perspective, um uh, you know, I used to go to um, you know a Reiki night every every Wednesday night. You know, which which started you know around about seven p.m. and finished late. You know, returning home around you know eleven eleven thirty p.m. and um, yeah, so you know after after the my ex now you know refused to go to couples counselling. You know, and uh, often when I'd arrive home from Reiki late, I was accused from accused of having affairs or she. She, she would complain that she was scared and that I need to come home earlier and um, that I need to keep my phone on there and yeah so mm. there was there was all those sort of aspects of, of sort of control um, and manipulation to, to try and um, uh, you know have me under her power you know and there was a time where you know I, I stopped going to Reiki because you know I, you know I generally wanted to to ensure that you know she wasn't scared but you know, then quickly realising that it was all of a control mechanism. To be, to be totally honest, and yeah. um, you know, through my continued you know counselling at the time, um, you know, I'd come and confronted her as well, sort of, you know, with a lot of stuff that she was saying in terms of uh, me having affairs and this, that, and the other. You know, I'd just turn around and say, look, that's you know, that's your that's your perception, but that's not my truth. Um, and and basically, just in in saying that and trying to talk 
through what her perception was, you know, she lit- literally threatened to uh, to burn down the house. You know, so it was oh. a severe reaction to to being called upon. You know, um, what she was really saying. Wow, that takes red flag to a whole nother level, doesn't it? Oh, certainly, certainly does. <laughs> certainly does. So goodness, goodness. But yeah, isn't that interesting when yeah confronted with that accountability of well you know this is actually your stuff this is not my stuff this is your stuff and that was your reaction wow that's a pretty severe reaction hmm. I can yeah. hear a lot of people thinking oh histrionic bipolar as well as narcissistic that's pretty huge yeah, yeah. indeed. Mm. So okay, so when so the the couple's counselling stopped, and so you must have realised that you this is the point where you go, okay, well I'm not the, the, I'm not getting solutions here, and that's really when we start treading water, don't we? Well, well, look, it's it's like um, you know there was very much situations like you know walking on eggshells, you know to you've probably heard that expression before and. Um, you know, trying to sort of keep the peace and trying to keep it all together and, um, you know, look, as, as a lot of people do, you know, they, they stay in relationships because of the children. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, we've, we've now got a, you know, a, a 11 year old son together and, um, who's autistic and, um, you know, given that those sort of instances and, and in those, in that type of, um, you know, situation where where your, your son or, or daughter has has special needs. You know, yes. you want to stay in the relationship. You want to make it work. You know, want to you want to basically give them the best opportunities you, you can to, to to thrive in life. You know, mm. um, and that's just something that um, you know kept me kept me there. I suppose in in the relationship, um, you know, a lot longer than than reality. And, and plus, you know, also. Um, you know, being educated and, you know, obviously being a, a spiritual person with Reiki, you know, I understood sort of her, her background a lot more and understood, you know, why she had certain reactions with certain people and situations and et cetera. And, and I suppose that, um, you know, with a lot of the stuff I, I did, like a, what I'd coin as like a spiritual bypass on it where, you know, I would justify her actions, um, you know her abusive actions you know and put it down to you know just for what she's been through and you know that i have to basically um i suppose put up with it in order to keep the family unit together um so you know a part of you know the part of my way of coping uh, you know during during those sort of years were um you know i I used to smoke back then and smoke a pack of cigarettes (laughs) Um, you know, a day sucking one after another, you know, just to really suppress, you know, my anger and rage and, you know, bury the hurt and, you know, just felt hopeless to, to change the situation, you know, and, and certainly in those, uh, you know, instances where, where your, your partner, you know, refuses to go to counselling and, and, you know, or continue to can't go to counselling, then, um, you know, it's it's a very disempowering sort of situation. Mm. You know, especially when you're just trying to keep the family unit together. But look, I'm proud to say that um, you know I've been smoke free for a year and a half now. So 
you know, so rather than sort of bury the feelings, you know, with, with smoking cigarettes, you know, at least I can process them, process my emotions healthily, which um, which is something that, um, you know, Melanie's course and guidance has, has been able to give me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so, um, so, okay, well, your son having autism, so that's, like a, a really big thing that's a really big thing so how did it work out with with her with um caring for for your son with autism and how did that sort of all play out in the dynamic yeah look it's it's really it's really interesting it's like um that that almost become I suppose a, a part of a narcissistic supply as well that um you know she used you know our son's diagnosis um you know to take advantage of people and charity organizations um you know circumstances mm-hmm. and, and other situations um you know she'd excuse you know our son's um you know which was bad behavior even for a special needs child um you know and that basically um if they turned around and blamed her or insinuated she was a bad parent um that would just give her more narcissistic supplies so mm. it was just um one of those um lose-lose situations for everybody involved and you know it's ex- it's extremely disempowering for for our son who's who's obviously doing doing better now which is fantastic since the separation um you know more than four and a half years ago um but but even still it's it's something that um you know you you sort of look at and and you weigh up and it's it's pretty it's pretty serious when um yeah when when a narcissistic person can you know use use that as a um what's the word as a not a ploy but a um mm, as a pawn yeah, as a pawn yeah as yeah. pawn in you know a narcissistic game so mm. it's 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 devastating you know yeah, yeah, and well, that's what they do. That's yeah, but also that um, you know she used to you know say to a lot of people that um, you know children can raise themselves, <laughs> you know, um, you know which which was basically uh, explained that without the guidance of parents, you know, kids would grow up who who uh, who who they want to be and how they want to be, and and uh, I don't know about anyone anyone else listening but um but but certainly uh you know children need some firm guidance and boundaries in, in sort of growing up or uh, oh, yeah it'd be uh, pretty terrible so oh, definitely absolutely they need some role models well that's all a very um convenient excuse not to parent isn't it really oh no exactly exactly mm. so mm. you know and um you know the other thing was um she did she'd adopted she'd heard from somebody that you know you don't fight kids over food and so so anyway she literally took that as you know oh, i'll feed our our son anything that he wants <laughs> you know? yeah so out went the out went the vegetables out went the uh the fruit and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just you know you know amazing you know yeah um, yeah 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 unbelievable so um, yeah um look even in terms of um what was also difficult was the relationships were strained between you know myself and my friends you know at the time um because 
you know, Meg's partner wasn't the centre of attention or didn't agree with their views or saw it saw them as, you know, potential um, you know, people to potentially sway me in a, in a certain way, then um, you know, she would create drama in in those areas as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it come to my family, you know, she she basically often expressed that my family wasn't supportive of her and didn't understand her, and um, you know, claiming that. Um, you know, my family didn't make a welcome and then ended up rejecting visiting my family, you know, probably about four years in, into the relationship, four or five years. And, um, you know, even to the point of, you know, claiming that, that my mother was um, controlling and manipulative as well. And, that, you know, and then even she should convince me to confront my mother, you know, about these actions that, you know, that I hadn't actually seen, mm, <laughs> that, mm. that, you know, she was just saying that was going on. Um, which I ended up doing, you know, regrettably, you know, which which obviously affected uh, the relationship that I had with my mother. But um, you know, all is all is good and, and well back on track now, which is which is fantastic. Mm, which is great. So, what were the if you were to sort of highlight some of the major parts of the personality disorder and how it played out with her? Um, I'd say that um, you know, it's like it's it's all about her. Um, in almost every instance, you know, if I had any grievance with anything that she'd said or done, you know, she would deflect um, and very often fabricate something, you know, ten times bigger than my grievance, so to speak, you know, or just claim that I was I was being overly sensitive, and and then she'd just become dismissive, um, which was a terribly, you know, disempowering situation to be in. Um, and when it comes to relationships. She always seemed to be feuding with somebody. Um, if she didn't agree with, if someone didn't agree with her, um, or she felt threatened, for example, you know, others had, you know, as I've mentioned before, sort of others had control or influence over me uh, and my decisions. You know, she would she would create that, um, you know, create a, a drama, causing you know a faction, you know, a, a split in the relationship. So um, the the other major major thing was triangulation. Um, you know, I, I called it the rallying of the troops. You know, where one one person, you know, a ringleader, and you know, which was often often uh, my ex, you know, narc partner, you know, would incite action, you know, against a common target. You know, whether it being uh, me, one of my friends, her friends, you know, um, my or her family. So mm. it was a very you know real and obvious sort of um, you know situation. Um, where that type of narcissistic behaviour, you know, um, is, is, you know, was known. Um, and the other thing that she used to also do with with, with money, you know, um, because I sort of worked full time and at the time, um, and and she looked after uh, our son. Uh, she was she was in charge of the finances, saved me, you know, paying the bills, etc. Um, but she she constantly broke our budget, you know, that we set together. Um, and I was also made to feel that I wasn't allowed to spend any money, you know, on myself, you know, even though that, um, you know, I earned over a hundred thousand dollars, you know, you know, per year at the time. Um, and even if, say, the the start of the month, the start of the budget, um, you know, she'd rush out and and go and buy you know her things and spend the money in the budget you know in the in the first few days of the month so i was like mm. well 
I don't have anything left for myself. So, you know, looking back now, I, I think a part of that smoking cigarettes, you know, for me, it was just like, well, you know, if I'm going to spend, you know, whatever it is, $15 or $20 a day or something on cigarettes, and that's what I'll do because that's something I'll do for myself. But, um, you know, how destructive that is, that, that, that particular decision. But, um, yeah, so, and, and I think that... Um, I think to also talk about sort of the the day to day, you know, aspects of of being in a relationship. It was I just felt like a puppet on a string, you know. That you know, I was walking on eggshells all the time, and, and I was only, you know, getting fed enough, you know, inverted commas love, you know, to survive, um, mm. be around, you know, and. And I think most of the time, you know, the, the love towards me um, from her was, was really just common decency and um, and just basically getting along with, with no dramas for a change, you know, um, of which, you know, most of the dramas were caused by her anyway. So um, it was just, yeah, it's a, it was a very, very, uh, you know, difficult difficult time you know and a very disempowering time to to, to be in that that uh, relationship like that mm, how many years were you in the relationship for um i was in the relationship for for seven years um and yeah generally uh, i think it, it took me took me three three times to actually finally end the relationship um, which was first time was roughly nine months prior, you know, to the end of it, where sort of I confronted her about, you know, her behaviours and and you know how that they, you know, they weren't congruent, you know, for good relationships, you know, with you know between us, you know, for for our son and and with other people, and um, um, which is something that I've done, you know, many times before, but I sort of explained you know, a little bit more about why they're unacceptable and, and that we're separating, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I basically left the, the family home and stayed, you know, at her sister's house because um, she was she was local. And, you know, after a few days, you know, the ex profusely apologised, you know, begged me to come back and promised that she she wouldn't do the things that she'd done again, you know, in terms of her, her, her behaviours. Um but it didn't take you know too long for for that to break down again. Um, you know, I ended up you know with Christmas and everything else in there and holidays and um, sort of just st- staying around basically. And um, and then about probably three months prior to you know final split, you know again I'd had enough of her abuse and this time actually moved out, um, physically moved out, and and we split split furniture and that sort of stuff found a rental property nearby and moved in and probably a couple of weeks later um you know after the dust settled so to speak um you know we, we saw we'll give it give it another go you know um you know do we need some some distance you know to to really you know get through and have a look at um you know the, the behaviors and so forth and but it didn't, you know, it didn't take long for, for things to go sour again. You know, it was only, you know, two to three, two to three weeks roughly, and and then it was over, over for good, you know. Um, mm. but, but by the end of the relationship, it, it sort of, I, I'd lost my sense of self. Um, yeah. I, I'd, I'd spent that many years trying to, 
you know, appease, you know, my ex-narc and um, make sure that, you know, our son's needs were, were catered for and he was doing well. And, um, yeah, so when I got to that, that point, you know, I, I was in the situation where I, I, was, I was totally living for, you know, su- supporting, you know, the ex-narc and, and my son and, and not myself, you know. I wasn't doing anything for myself, you know, I wasn't spending time you know, um, quality time with myself, you know, doing doing man stuff and catching up with yeah. um, friends. And, you know, I was really at the point where, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know what I liked and disliked in terms of, you know, um, traveling places and food and, um, you know, entertainment, that sort of stuff. You know, I was so driven by, you know, what everyone else needed and wanted, you know, but... Um, yeah, so, but discovering, you know, then discovering and pursuing, you know, what I liked again, sort of built up that and and uh, it went from there. Yeah, yeah. So, Scott, how did you learn about the word narcissist and start on your healing journey? Well, it, it was very interesting. It, it's like, um, it was about um, two and a half about two and a half years ago, um, which was about two years after the relationship ending, I'd actually never heard of the term narcissism or narcissistic before. Um, you know, one of my friends advised that he'd watched a documentary on, on narcissism the, the night before and that um, he felt from, from his perspective that my ex was a narcissist. And then I should write down, you know, he's quite persistent, I should write down this word and go and do some research about it. Um, you know, so that night after the getting home, I, you know, I searched Google, you know, good old Google, thank you. Um, you know, searching for the terms of narcissism and then narcissistic and then narcissistic personality disorder and, you know, it's just like, almost like, oh my goodness, you know, the whole world opened up. Um, yeah, so as I sort of scoured the internet, you know, I found more and more information and, uh, you know, narcissistic personality disorder quizzes, you know, um, which clearly resulted in a resounding yes that, you know, I'd been with a, um, uh, you know, a narcissistic, you know, ex-partner. Um, yes, yeah, so, you know, I think one of the quizzes that I did, which had about 100 questions, uh, I think she'd answered, uh, I think, you know, profiling her, she, she got 85 out of 100. So um, mm. it was a pretty defining moment. Um, and, uh, you know, f- from there, I sort of, I came across... Um, you know your website um, very quickly you know there was there's a volume of articles you know describing um, you know what you'd been through and and in terms of you know just connecting with that and and the experiences that that I'd had during and throughout and also post the relationship um, was was just it just rang true you know it was uh, it was just like yep no worries look if if Melanie can live through this, you know, survive and thrive after this type of hideous abuse, then certainly the, the narcissistic abuse recovery program, um, you know, I felt was, was certainly worth trying, you know, and this was at a time where, you know, there was so, so much stress and anxieties around, um, you know, having to deal with, with, with this person on an ongoing basis. And, mm. and look, even, even from the perspective of, of sort of feeling that... Um, um, 
you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, those sort of symptoms as well. So, um, you know, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty full-on time. But so, yeah, I, I invested in the in the NARP, um, you know, the, the very next day, and, and you know, committed to the healing journey, you know, 100%. But so prior to the the end of the first weekend, I'd I'd read through all the all the e-books. Um, I don't know how many pages. I think there was about 1,200 pages or something. It was it was a lot of pages, but the the information contained in those was were absolutely brilliant. You know, it it gave not only the the connectedness in terms of um, understanding what the personality disorder was, but but also why. I'd attracted that into my life yeah. um, and gave me the, the cognitive understanding of of how it all sort of fits together and, and what that attraction is and, and codependency was was a big one, you know. Um, so understanding and reading those e-books before jumping into the to the healing, uh, the MP, MP, uh, yeah, M- MP3 sort of workbook sessions and stuff, you know, it was, it was extremely beneficial. Um, and also reading the the e-books, it it actually provided relief, you know, to me knowing that I wasn't going mad. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> which, um, yeah, which uh, which was which was very very good for me. Um, yeah, so when I started the uh, the MP3 workbook sessions, uh, one thing I quickly realised. Um, that I needed a lot more time to complete the exercises rather than um, five minutes, you know, that that you're given the gaps. So, mm-hmm. and that the gaps are actually smaller now too. But uh, are they? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, they are. But people can pause them. Yeah, yeah. But, but certainly that's what I'd recommend. And this is what I did: is I, I just I paused. Um, I'd let it, let it go until obviously uh, the speech come back on, and I'd pause it. And it was just about about putting it all on paper and, and, and pouring out that emotion as much as possible and as deep as possible. And, and certainly, um, you know, a lot of those, you know, one-hour recorded uh, MP3 sessions, I averaged about two and a half hours in total. So that gives you an idea of, you know, being able to sort of pause it, really get down all the emotion on paper because the more you actually dig into it, you know, the more free free you become, you know, and and generally as a part of the healing program anyway, even if you even if you struggle to sort of um, you know connecting with the emotions, whatever you connect with, the the healing session will pick up on the rest as well. So you know, so don't be afraid that you know if you if you write a little bit or you write a lot. Um, it, it works all the same, and you can go back and you can go over and over it again um, if you feel, you know, triggered in, in certain cir- circumstances. But mm. you know, even though that I was, you know, quite emotionally drained, you know, after putting all this e- effort into it, um, it was so worth it. You know, it was like that night, slept like a baby, woke up the next morning, and just felt like this weight was lifted and that happened every time after every healing that it was just totally worth it um during that time you know it was very important for me to to treat myself sort of kindly and ensure that you know i rested and ate well you know i I went to bed a little bit earlier just to just to um catch up on a bit of sleep just to allow the body to to sort of recover um from those massive massive shifts so 
Mm-hmm. And they ended up completing those 10 sessions over a two-week period, which... Um, that's yeah, incredibly so, fast. That's, which is incredibly fast. You know, it's, I mean, that's 25 hours of, of sessions within two weeks. But, Gee, that's um, a real man thing, isn't it? I just want to get it done. <laughs> I've got to get it done, you know, I'm feeling good, you know, um, I've got to keep at this and, um, yeah, so, and just and just smashed it, smashed it out, so. Um, Goodness, that sounds like a man. That was just absolutely, you know, awesome. And um, and the good thing about those, the healing sessions as well is that when, when I felt triggered, you know, because the healing sessions sort of catered for, for different aspects of, um, you know of of what you've dealt with within within being in that relationship with with the narc. Um, you know, if it, when I felt triggered again, you know, I could go back to the healing sessions and go and smash it out again. You know, and and a, and a couple of times, yeah, I, I needed to do it. You know, two, three, four times. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, mm. this was a period of you know uh, a good eighteen months. But um, and that's what yeah. up leveling's all about. You know. Oh. That's that's what it that's what it is, and some of our deep persistent wounds, some of our more moderate wounds, they'll go really quickly, and some of them will present quite a few different ways and over quite a few different times before we really can really get all the aspects of the core out of it. Oh, for sure, agree agree with you totally there, totally totally. Um, you know, and these days, I you know I I've invested also in in the um, trans- transforming fa- family of origin wounds, um, and I find that you know that for me, um, you know, has, has given me the the opportunity to you know heal my present relationships with with other people that you know that that aren't uh, necessarily narcissistic. You know, with my my family and my friends and my colleagues, and and I found it absolutely amazing. You know how healing the the relationship with the self, you know, redefines the relationships with others. Mm, um, it certainly I've, does. Within that sort of, you know, the last eighteen months, you know, situations in my life, you know, uh, uh, just resolving left, right, and centre. It's fantastic. Oh, that's so good, and it's such a difference when we can clean up our family of origin stuff. The way we relate as parents too changes an enormous amount. Oh, for for sure, <laughs> for sure. So look, you 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 end up sort of starting. You start catching yourself. Uh, it's it's like you there's like this. Uh, you're watching yourself and like in a third person, and you start mm. hearing things that come out of your mouth, and you go, oh, oh, that's that's not real healthy. Um, maybe yeah. I look at that, and, and and it's just something that you've picked up, you know, from from your parents or you know childhood situations where. Um, it's not really coming from that perspective of love. <laughs> That's right. And when we're unconscious, we're just doing it and we don't know any better. But once we start healing and releasing and up-leveling, that consciousness gets so much more. You're right. It is like observing ego. We actually can see the, our blind spots that we couldn't see before that time. Mm, yeah. Changes everything. It does. It certainly, certainly does. And the thing is too, Scott, you know, I know that you went through some incredible things with finances, court, custody dealings, dealing with a high level, um, with a high level aggressive personality in, in court and all sorts of things. And 
you really during that stage had to work on yourself a lot to be able to get through that and stay calm and not buy into the antics and the and the drama that was going on. It was huge. Oh, look, you know, it was it was absolutely paramount for me to work on that um, and, and to keep to keep a level head um, because the last thing you want is is emotion to 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 start running the show and and you need to sort of take you know a logical a logical approach you know to that type of situation where the court system is is perfect unfortunately for you know people with personality disorders because mm. it's all about a blame model That's um, right. so the person who can blame the best seems to win the most um you know and unless you're prepared you know, and if you're prepared for that and and to, um, you know, heal what's in yourself and and also, uh, you know, get good advice and educate yourself on on those those processes and um, yeah, but uh, emotionally, you know, being able to to heal yourself and especially if you've got you know children at the time as well, that it's a very uh, trying time for them, um, you know. There's, there's, there can be instability as well, and uh, and and certainly, um, yeah, it's it's worth uh, it's it's worth the healings, you know, through that too. Well, that's the thing with high conflict personalities with narcissists that when you have fear, you can actually feed them ammunition to use oh. against you constantly. Yeah, yeah. Like if certainly being able to edu- educate yourself on your local, you know, legal systems and and what what your uh, your ex partner, you know, can and can't do, and um, it's it's really understanding that. And then, you know, if you have you know a, a good lawyer, and it took me a couple, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, because essentially. Um, you know, with with that as well. If if you're educated and you know what's going to happen at each step of the stage, it doesn't blindsight you either. But but if something comes up, at least you have the opportunity to sort of work with work on yourself. Um, because if you sort of don't, then that has a reaction. You know, you have the emotional reaction yourself. You know, you can have those reactions in front of your children and you know and then that affects them as well so Mm. it's about sort of keeping keeping it um keeping it real and understanding what the process is Mm. but um look it was certainly certainly a journey um well how many years did all of that take the whole it, it was a miraculous short period of time which was great um it was um all of 13 months um what had sort of come up is that um, uh, because the ex makes partner was involved, um, you know, within the BDSM community, um, she'd been communicating um, with the fellow members in that area, and uh, she was mentioning, you know, our, our son and everything. So that, you know, presented an element of risk. Um, also, which she, you know, thinks that. You know, I broke her privacy and all the rest of it, but doesn't realise it was all on uh, our son's laptop. But um, yeah, mm. so from then, and you know, obviously went to court to to you know work it all out. And look, I'd, I'd taken 
I've taken our son into to full-time custody and, um, you know, to philosophers get sorted and then went to court and and the judge took it back to what it was, you know, and um, obviously, you know, I was, I was quite disappointed at the, at the time, but but then because I did have a, um, a very smart lawyer, um, you know, who taught me what the process is, that, okay, well, if she's like all this how you say she is, then... We need to, you know, get a psychiatric evaluation, um, you know, a, a family report, and and that's what we did. And and I was very lucky that, you know, part of that psychiatric report was, um, yeah, she she basically had a um, mixed cluster B personality disorder, which is basically narcissistic, astronic, and, and borderline. And yeah. um, I mean, it's not often the case where someone someone pro- presents from that extreme level, but. It, it really just, um, you know, it just really come out. Um, I think you know, a lot during... of them do. You know, I really, because I sit back and see it all the time, and yeah. I've been in it too, and I really think a lot of them, a lot of them do, but it's actually very, very rare that you actually have a situation where they can be clinically diagnosed. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So... Um, yeah, so that um, I think even even seeing that in the report sort of come out really, uh, you know, there was mixed emotions that that come out with that that report, you know, that report with with me because, um, you know, one it was like, um, you know, it just fed further justification of of being angry because you know. She, other people could now see that that she was like that, you know. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't just me, you know. <laughs> um, but but then also there was feelings of just pure empathy as well, you know. Just going, look, um, you know, it's just a shame, you know. But mm, it is what it is, and it doesn't doesn't serve it doesn't serve my well being in, in being being in that relationship. Um, but. It's interesting as, as a part of that, um, you know, a part in that healing process and and stuff which, you know, you, you basically cover you know, very thoroughly is, is that sort of no contact, modified contact, you know, model with, with your, your ex-narc. And, and that for me was, was absolutely paramount um, because the quicker you can move to um, written communication only, um, and you know not catching up and that sort of stuff it gives you the opportunity to heal you know then you're not in that space of of he said she said um you've done this or you looked at me sideways up and down whatever um it just removes all of that and um and that was a very very important step um you know for, for my healing as well because um yeah, it's like when you're in that sort of situation, um, you do get triggered a lot more, and and when you get triggered a lot more, that that sort of doesn't help you as much as when you're, um, you know, when you're healing yourself. So. Well, you can't heal when you're in a war zone. Oh, exactly. You're in survival. You can't heal in that space, and it is. It's it's absolutely paramount to be able to pull out and get the space and. One of your um, modified contact tools, I'd love you to talk about that because we've talked about it. And I'd yep. love you to share that with the community. No worries, no worries. Yeah, I, I, I found this um, a, a part of um, 
sort of doing a lot of research and and about dealing with high conflict people and personalities and that sort of stuff, I, I came across another website um, called ourfamilywizard.com, um, and this was a, a wonderful communications tool um, which is designed for parenting in situations where um, you've got high conflict people. So the beauty about this is that it's, it's, a, it's a communication portal um, and you can communicate and send, send messages to, to each other. Um, it has a calendar functions in terms of recording your access arrangements. Um, obviously, you know, as per um, court orders and, and so forth if, if you need to. Um, and also the information, there's like an information section there, a dress book for friends, family, you know, sporting clubs, organisations, uh, shoe sizes, shirt sizes, whatever. Um, but the calendar function is also important as well because you can have there like, um, you know, whether it's your sport information, who's responsible for taking them to support, uh, to sport or um, if there's a doctor's appointment and who's to take who and when and how and why, um, it's, it's all on there. And if, if you have set ex access arrangements, you can program it out into the um, you know, into the in the future, so you can plan what you're doing, and also if you need to swap, you know, access times, um, you can also facilitate that online as well. Where, you know, you send a request and they agree to it, and then it updates all the calendar and everything else. So, this this particular tool you can also install on your um, your iPhone, your iPad, your Android devices as well, and. Um, yeah, so there's really no excuse for, for not using it and luckily enough, you know, I, I really pushed it in court. I, I saw the, the huge value in, in being able to have the communication all in one area um, and also because then it stops, you know, phone calls, it then stops um, SMSs if you go to court and you get it ordered. Um, it's, it's very, very important that you do actually get it ordered and if you're lawyered or your, your barrister or your solicitor or um, what are they called in the, in the States, attorney, um, or if your attorney isn't, isn't aware of it, certainly point them towards the website and say, look, I, I want this, you know, for to moving forward to being able to, to parent effectively. And um, the good thing about all the messages um, that come back and forward is you can't delete them. I love uh, that. I think that's so, great accountability, isn't it? It's it's ultimate ca accountability, um, yeah. you know, and and also that if if your ex partners wants to send you abuse and all the rest of it via the messaging system, well, you've got a copy to to attach to your to your court documents next time you you have to file, you know, and and they're the things that. Um, um, you know, the judges need to be aware of and that information, you know, it's all evidence, you know. If they need to subpoena the records from our family wizard, they can do that too, but often, often it's the case where having that information is just enough, you know. And the same as with, you know, if, you, if you, you've got an intervention order, um, you know, in place as well and they're sending you abusive, um, you know, messages, you know, you can print it out and you can take it down to your local police station and just say, look, you know, this is, this is not on, um, uh, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Policewoman, it's, you know, um, can you sort it out? So, mm. it's a very, very, very good tool and, and look, for the, for the price, you know, I, I think you're looking at, 
um, I think it was like under a hundred dollars each, you know, per per year or something like that. But just the value in being able to manage manage a normal family, a normal relationship, I've, I've found it to be an, an excellent website. So certainly everyone sort of check it out. It's it's certainly worth. Um, it's in line with that modified contact, um, you know. So it does have all those those benefits of. Um, being able to communicate and have it all sort of recorded. Um, the other thing which is also important too is that it has a journaling aspect as well. So, for example, if you need to, if if they, if if your ex does send through a, an SMS or something like that, what you do is you take a take a photo of your screen and you store it in your journal as well. So you've got all the information all in one area when. You know, if if something's going to be questioned down the track or things fall apart, you just use the journal and and drag up that information and gives you the information to go back to court with. You know, because mm. that ultimate accountability will help you in the long run. You know, if if you think that oh yes it's okay now and we're sorting things out and we're managing to do that, it's just like yep, yeah, you can do that. But but what happens to all those little instances where things aren't recorded? You know, so because the court system is all about evidence you know it's not about hearsay it's not about he said she said you need to be able to show them show the court that hey you know on this date he wrote or she wrote abusive you know text emails or whatever to me and um and there it is in black and white you know you can't you can't argue with black and white (laughs) but I'm almost, um, I, I can sort of hear what people might be thinking. How did you get her to agree to work with that program? It was ordered by the court, and I, and I actually agreed to pay for it. Um, but now that it's actually ordered in one of the other courts, then she needs to basically, um, um, she needs to be able to, to basically fund it herself. Um, the other thing is on the website, on the Our Family uh, Wizard website, it um, it actually has common order statements. So, in other words, you print that out and give it to your attorney. And there's the parameters in regards to that. So it's like, um, you know, that messages must be looked at and responded to within, you know, 12 hours or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, so it's it it's all about sort of locking things down as as mm-hmm. as much as you can. You know. What I found, and this is very, very important, I think with uh, with a, uh, an ex-narcissistic partner, was don't leave anything open for negotiation. Because if you leave things open for negotiation, you're leaving your, leaving yourself open for for attack. You know, so Absolutely. if if you're under a, an agreement where it's just like, oh yes, we're very floaty, we're very you know come and go, and all the rest of it, um, what will happen is you know Billy Boy's got a got a birthday party at somewhere else, and um, and then they change and change their mind, Absolutely. you know, or or no, it's you know I don't want to do it that way, so it just yeah. helps to have that. Um, where you know exactly where you stand, you know. So, mm-hmm. and of course, yeah, and of course, they're not going to honour a lot of those boundaries. You know, narcissists aren't going to reply within twelve hours. They're not. But the thing is, you've got all the evidence there that they're not complying. They're not doing the right thing. 
Yeah, no, exactly, and and that's what's what's so valuable. About. And it's funny, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, tell you a little story. Um, I think it's when I started the, on the the NARP the NARP course. Um, I'd said to um, uh, a friend of mine, I said, look, now that I've now that I'm doing modified contact with with my ex narc um, just keep an eye out and be prepared because she's going to start, you know, getting narcissistic supply from other people. And lo and behold, within within a one month period, she started abusing the crap out of her own family. So yeah. I thought that was amazing. That was a that was a real. Oh my goodness! I've cut the narcissistic supply, you know, that she was getting from me, and now starting it on everyone else. And I was just like, oh my goodness! I read about that. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Well, that's it. It's lifeblood, and if they're not getting it from you, they're going to have to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Well, just the name of that again, our family wizard. Definitely, definitely worth a look. Yeah, For those yeah. of you, because I, I, since you told me about that, I thought, wow, that's that's fantastic. That's really, yeah. really good. So we might put up on this article too the link to that so that people can actually have a look at our family wizard. I think that would be really, really great. So, yeah. so Scott, just to, all right, so just to reiterate again, you know, there's a lot of guys out there. Some of them are coming forward and you're going to be... Um, following Scott's lead here which is fantastic but there's obviously a lot of men out there that think that they need to be silent and they just need to suck it up and be men and they need to deal with it or that there's something wrong with them they're somehow defective if they seek help and I just so believe that needs to reform there's so many things in our world that need to reform badly and I think that that's definitely one of those things so what would you like to say to Scott to um, men Scott I just look just give it a go take that step and and go through you know the NARP course like reach out it's it's all about speaking up you know and because yeah you're worth it you know and you feel what you feel you know and you may say look oh I'm being weak or you know this for me there was you know I felt shame I felt embarrassed and all the rest of it, you know, to, to talk to talk to, to people about that. But in this instance, you don't necessarily have to talk and you can remain anonymous in the, the NARP community, you know, forums, you know, mm. if you wish. But you can also use that as, as a point of strength and support, you know, mm. because for, from my perspective, it was actually, it was more empowering for me to understand that I wasn't alone, that what I was feeling was real uh what i was experiencing was real and and that's you know so just please do it for yourself do it for your kids you know and 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 take that step um because yeah you're you're worth it Mm, some of our best posters and sharers in the community forum are men there are some fantastic guys in there that share and what's wonderful is there's some gay men, there's heterosexual men, 
And what's wonderful is, is all the men blend fantastically, they support each other and they blend so well with the women too and it's really lovely for the women and the men to, I think for us women it's fantastic to get guys' perspectives as well. That's, like we, we love that there's guys in there that are really sharing and working on themselves. It's, it's just, it, it is a fantastic community. And I'm very, very grateful for the men that are in there. And it's wonderful for us women to see guys that are working on themselves, that really, you know, they're getting past the whole alpha male persona. Not that I'm saying, Scott, you're alpha male at all. Mm. But, you know, that, that whole thing that I've just got to be strong and suck it up. And they're really evolving. And that's just... You know, for us, it's that whole evolution, whether it's a man or a woman, it's just such an attractive, radiant thing. It's just such a difference to hiding our wounds and just shoveling them down and pretending to cope. Yeah, and and look, and, and one other thing just to just to pass on as well is that it's really, and this is for for men and and women out there, and, and that's just the forgiveness aspect. You know, forgive forgiving the self you know i mean from my perspective you know for many years during and after a relationship you know i i'd basically beaten up myself as in myself um you know for making poor choices you know and from and the men will understand this you know for for not being strong enough you know um and that for you know, and that I'd lost many of the relationships with my friends and 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 family, um, you know, due to the due to the choices I was making, which was to to put my um, you know narcissistic partner first. So, yeah. you know, healing and forgiving the self is very important because that's they're the first steps. Oh, absolutely. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming on and the community applauds you and we're so grateful for you for leading the way. No, thank you very much for the opportunity, Mel, and, and certainly, um, you know, I hope a lot more men can can take that step and and sort of heal and become better men. Oh, I think that's very powerful what you just said. No, I do. Yeah, and it, for all of us, it's about becoming better people. Better people for us, for future generations, and for our world. Oh, for sure. And then that way, we're going to reduce the amount of people that can be hooked and taken and play out their unhealed wounds with narcissists, which is what we, we were all doing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Scott, and... Um, that's great, and I'll be talking to you later. And and Scott, are you happy to answer any questions that come on the blog that um, any men or any women might post? For sure, like more than happy to help. That's that's absolutely fine. Great, thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and have a great night, Scott. No worries. Thank you very much, Mel. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye. Well, everyone, I hope that you enjoyed. Scott coming on it was great of him to do that and if you want to know more about what Scott has done and the work that he's done and about the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program you'll be seeing the details that will come out on the blog article which will be a short synopsis of, um, of this interview and uh, I think it's just such a wonderful thing that we can all come together and we can all heal and we can all work at creating better lives and better people and 
become abuse free. That's what it's all about. So that's it from me, everybody. Until next week, lots of love. Bye-bye.